you know, even Bill Gates, like in the software world, like there's many tales of him who he just wouldn't let other developers, you know, write code or he had to review all the code and he had to hire everybody into the company and he had to be involved in everything. So I think it's just like a natural thing that people, you know, uh, that happens to business owners and you just have to learn to find ways to, you know, give up that control and hand it over to somebody else. And, uh, you know, that's just a skill. Some, like I had a manager before and he used to say to me, you know, that person over there, that manager, they're a great delegator. Like he, like he would identify that that person was great at delegating, you yeah. know, um, and uh, it, it is a skill. I think it's like any sort of a skill, whether it's, you know, designing things or interviewing people or it's something that you need to build and learn. But I think thankfully you can learn it, but you need to be aware of it first before you can actually address it. Welcome to episode 141 with Rory Galvin, the CEO and founder of Naviroom. It's a high-growth Salesforce consulting company serving clients across the globe, which he founded in April 2018. Now, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you should know that one of the most common bottlenecks entrepreneurs face is having everything tied around them. Why? Well, usually because they relinquish control instead of letting go, delegating tasks, responsibilities, and accountabilities to others. Rory understands that perfectly. For him, delegating is not an inherent threat. It's a skill that can be learned, but recognizing its importance is the first step to success. So join this conversation as he shares his entrepreneurship journey, the art of delegating, effective leadership, and how he broke the entrepreneur bottleneck to grow his business. Would you like to break the entrepreneur bottleneck like him? Then start with the bottleneck index. It's a quick and accurate evaluation tool to identify potential bottlenecks and their impact on your business. Plus, it offers practical solutions to help you overcome them. You can find the link to access this valuable resource in the show notes and now let's join the conversation hey rory thank you very much for joining me today great to see you again laurent pleasure to be here good so um you have an interesting journey because you start you begin your career in the corporate world mm -hmm. with accenture and mary lynch i mean that's copyright <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really yeah. copyright then in 2010, you're funding a, a consulting company called Galvin Consulting Services, which you left in 2012, mm -hmm, like more mm -hmm. or less two years. What, mm -hmm. what happened? Well, I um, what happened was I, I started a small, uh, pretty much just me on my own consulting company in London when I was in my late 20s. Mm. And uh, like an opportunity came up. Uh, to kind of help out a few different software companies with a particular area that I was had expertise in uh, around a, a particular type of, of lending that banks do, so, uh, secure lending. And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I just this opportunity presented itself. So I set, spun up a company overnight and I, I jumped out of the banking world and I set this thing up. And um, 
it was really like um uh it was a friend of mine who asked me to help out originally uh on a particular project to help start a, a software company that was selling into big banks in 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 Europe and um you know it was a real eye opener for me it was my first proper taste of entrepreneurship because mm. i you know i was responsible for invoicing clients find you know building my expertise and and basically for for about a year or so i was traveling around between london amsterdam and dublin uh, helping out a few different customers and um it was really great like cuz i'd never really experienced that way of working before because i'd been in a corporate job i'd been at my desk every morning at eight o'clock working until six um i'd worked through the financial crisis um as well which was you know very difficult in the financial services industry and the, just the freedom of it alone i just was just you know very liberating and i i didn't think that sort of world existed really right until then so <laughs> but um i did that for a while and uh, but i really kind of felt that the business itself i i i couldn't really see how i could scale it really beyond mm. sort of a small software company and uh, so i just i actually uh, i wound the business up after a couple of years and i went back and i and i did an mba uh just to you know something that i wanted to do in my life and uh um so that was kind of the start of that sort of entrepreneurial journey uh back then So you exited the the business is but it still exists today doesn't it Well I actually wound the company down it was a profitable company and okay. um, I you know I mean I could have I guess in theory I could have kept it open and and all that sort of stuff but you know there's costs involved in that so um but yeah you know it was my first uh, my first incorporated company so and you know uh, I was lucky enough to have some some great customers who were you know paying me and uh, you know all that sort of stuff so that was the start really that kind of that sort of wet my appetite yeah but then you went back to self to self post well not went yeah, back well, you went to self post you went back to the to the corporate world yeah corporate world yeah. entrepreneurship back to corporate world <laughs> yeah i i actually intended to uh, sort of use the mba as sort of a springboard to go on and and start um another business but i found out about this company called Salesforce when I was doing my MBA and I didn't know I I had heard about it years ago when I was doing my degree um that there was this company that was pioneering cloud technology and but it was sort of in my it was in sort of study material and books and stuff like that and I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it and then I had some knew some people who worked in there and they're like you know you should really check it out it's a great place to work it's a great learning opportunity and um went in i did the interviews for for salesforce and and i got a job in there and i was just again it was one of these great experiences like in life that like i i went in and you're you know flown out to san francisco you're you know you're doing your training out there you're meeting all these great people um you know and i just found the culture was great the people i was working alongside again was a big surprise like um there were just great great people and great energy in the company Um but I felt like for me again to go back maybe I'm just finding a lot of excuses for procrastinating before <laughs> starting a big a, a bigger company but I felt like I really needed to learn how to sell mm. and market effectively and you know the the opportunity came up in there to go through a full sales training with them and learn how to sell and you know uh, you know hit your quota and all that sort of stuff so that was a really great 
learning experience for me to to really learn how to sell software, sell solutions. And, you know, uh, that experience, I think, was really, really worth it in there. So, so you know, I kind of got sidetracked a little bit before I set up Navirum, but, you know, uh, I definitely don't regret it. It was, it was a really good time in there. Right. And so you set up Navirum in 2018. Yeah. It's, so you've been running it since. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between you back in 2010 and you in 2018 and you now? Well, I think that uh, the difference, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm still the same person, but I think, I, you know, in that period, I sort of equipped myself with knowledge and expertise and skills that I think have helped me to run the company and grow the company and hire people and, and lots of stuff. And, you know, I think that starting a business is, is always high risk. And um, I think it's all about taking calculated risks and mitigating those risks. And I think if you're starting a business on your own without venture capital or a big investment, um, you don't get the benefits of of the cash and the expertise that comes with that. So if you're doing it on your own to a degree, uh, you know, it's it's quite risky as well because you have to just make it work, you know. So I didn't feel like back then in 2010 that I was at the stage where I – was ready to do that or I didn't even have an idea I remember I remember sitting in my office in London thinking like well I just really need some sort of like something to build on here a platform to build on to make this work Mm. and um, you know I felt like uh, at the time that that particular company the opportunity wasn't there so so you know it was a lot of learning a lot of experience um, you know kind of happened during that period that kind of I guess gave me the confidence to start in Ethereum. Right. So, what you're saying is stronger self confidence, better, yeah. better at sales, at sales also, or at least you feel that you are better. You were better at sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I think um, I, you know, it was kind of a you know combination of skills and, and confidence building and, and experience and stuff like that. Like and. I think a lot there's a like a lot of uh you know looking at the numbers like there's a lot of people who get to their mid-30s and they're like well look i either stay in the corporate world or i start my own thing and i think it's a good time for people to, if they have the and uh, the opportunity to do it to to break out because you should at that stage if you know have experience and, and an understanding of the world to go and set up a business um so I think it's a good time and you know for me it was either i stay in salesforce and i go down the leadership uh, uh, road in there which you know i was on on the path to doing like but i mm. i just felt like the the thing i wanted to do was to start my own business or, or businesses that's really what i wanted to do and i think there was people in there at the time i was working alongside really great people who were like they were really eager to become you know, regional vice presidents or area vice presidents or senior executives in the company. And I could see how enthusiastic they were about wanting to get those roles. And I felt like that fire wasn't there for me to do it. I think the fire right. was actually to go and start my own company. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of where it started. Right. But you went down the leadership path anyway, because that's an entrepreneur. Yeah. You were a leader by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, you know, went down the leadership path and, you know, um, you know, in starting a company and managing and, and, and hiring a team of people. So, so yeah, I came, I think, I think it was more of an entrepreneurial itch that I had um, that, um, 
you know, I felt was driving me. And, you know, I was doing other things back then, like I was getting up quite early in the morning to, you know, I, I kind of dabbled a little bit in the whole uh, digital currency, uh, decentralized asset space back in 2015, 2016. And I was thinking, well, maybe there's something here. But I, after doing it for a while, it, it, I didn't really have that much confidence in it. So I just sort of parked that and just turn my attention to Navirum uh, after that. So, um, you know, so that that's kind of what I was like. I think, you know, I was always sort of eager to do my own thing and um, mm. eventually had the opportunity to do it. So talking about leadership, this is a good mm. transition to my next question. We're going to talk a little bit about the bottleneck index. Mm. We quite yeah. the entrepreneur bottleneck on this podcast. Mm. And so I ask you to take your the bottleneck index and you came out uh, with a score around 50, around 50%. Mm-hmm. which is right in the middle, not good, mm-hmm. not bad. <laughs> yep. But you scored the worst on delegating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember, especially on, you know, uh, I often have yeah. pending tasks or requests waiting for yeah. my attention or approval and my employees or team members are overly dependent on my guidance or approval for even minor decisions. Yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. Agree, do you agree with that? I, yeah, I t- yeah, completely. I think um, that's something I'm definitely guilty of is is holding on to things and, and not delegating them properly. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's definitely something I think any leader needs to work on. I think when you're in a, in a smaller company as well, you tend to be involved in a lot of things. Mm. You're wearing a lot of hats at once. You're in sales, you're in service, you're in, you know, finance, accounting. Um, and I think that you just sort of find yourself immersed in like all of these different roles and you have all these different projects and things sort of clinging on to you. So it, it sort of just happens. But I think for the company to grow, you need to get good at delegating, giving clear instructions to people, timelines. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely guilty of it, but I was actually conscious of it this morning. I wrote an email to our VP of technology about mm. uh, hiring somebody new. And rather than sort of like giving them a list of people that I thought looked good, I just sort of said like, this is who we need to hire. This is our budget. This is our timeline. And uh, just told them to go and get after it, you know? So I think that like, it's, it was, it was sort of a wake up call for me for sure. And, um, you know, I think like any, like entrepreneurs are always, the bottleneck for their company. Yeah, I think it's just <laughs> yes. learning to relinquish control and learning how to delegate. Yeah, delegation is a skill. You know, it's like um, people need to learn it. They're not they're not taught it. And um, um, I think that every entrepreneur they need to learn how to delegate effectively. And also, yeah. I think as well they need to think about how do I like what am I doing right now that I can coach and teach another person to do to get myself out of this. Mm. that we're in and i think that like a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves being bottlenecks in their company for for reasons that they don't even know themselves you know so um one of the things that we have in our in our uh, portfolio is we've a, a lot of projects happening at once and um one of the things we need to do as a company is to keep those projects moving all the time uh, we've like nearly like a production line and uh, one of them gets blocked up we have to kind of find out why and we have to unblock it and keep it moving or replace it with something else. So that's something I think this is just an example that I've become aware of over the past few years. And uh, 
I was like, well, how do I, how do I teach somebody how to, to do mm-hmm. this or recognize it, you know? But it's a, it's a thing, it's a, it's a phenomenon that we have in our, in our, in our, in our company. And I think that's an example of something where you have to just document it, how to recognize it and how to solutions to resolving it. And then just literally hand that dossier over to somebody and say, look, this is how you unblock our production line of projects. And it's up to them to figure out how to do it after that. So, you know. Yeah, exa- exactly. I, I couldn't agree more <laughs> with everything you yeah. said. This is things that I keep on, on seeing. Mm. You, you talk about like, you know, the difficulty of relinquishing control. Mm. Well, why do you think is it, it's so difficult for, for entrepreneurs? Well, in your, in your case, why is it difficult? Um, I think, um, I think it, it, it can happen for a number uh, of reasons. Like, I think that, um, I think uh, it can sort of happen orga- organically, like I said before, where, again, you're involved in lots of things and you just find yourself, in, you know, you're wearing lots of hats and you're involved in lots of projects and it just sort of creeps up in you. And then I think there's obviously like entrepreneurs who don't want to lose control of their business or they want to be involved in everything. Um, it's a natural way to feel, but like, you know, I think that like, um, you know, even Bill Gates, like in the software world, like there's many tales of him who he just wouldn't let other developers, you know, write code or he had to review all the code and he had to Mm. hire everybody into the company and he had to be involved in everything. So I think it's just like a natural thing that people, you know, uh, that happens to business owners and you just have to learn to find ways to, you know, give up that control and hand it over to somebody else. And, uh, you know, that's just a skill that people, you know, um, you need to learn. Like, and I, I, like, I mean, it does remind me of uh, some, like I had a manager before and he used to say to me, you know, that person over there, that manager, they're a great delegator. Like he, like he would identify that that person was great at delegating, you know? Um, And uh, it, it is a skill. I think it's like any sort of a skill, whether it's, it's, you know, designing things or interviewing people or it's something that you need to build and learn. But I think thankfully you can learn it, but you need to be aware of it first before you can actually address it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it always starts with self-awareness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, if you mm-hmm. don't have that, you can't, you cannot address the issue because you don't understand what the issue is. And the issue is actually, is actually you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, I think, and, and that comes back to the leadership yeah. point you made about about coaching and, and mentoring your staff and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that that's, again, just these are skills you need to learn as an entrepreneur to make your business work. It's to, it's to coach and mentor and set expectations and, uh, you know, have accountability with your staff. You know, um, you know, and and again, that's a natural part of the process. You know, I think every business, you know, gets to a certain stage where it needs something, whether it's talent, whether it's cash, whether it's, um, you know, uh, legal help, you know, uh, you know, it gets to a point where you need to get help doing something. So, but I think every entrepreneur needs coaching and mentoring and, um, you know, I think it's really, really important they have that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yes, totally agree. <laughs> but but with regard with regards to, to coaching to coaching your staff, mm. yes, this is exactly this is like exactly what it is. I mean, I, I love Steve Steve Jobs' uh, quote 
uh, I think he said something like, you know, you hire people so that they tell you what to do and not the other way, not the other way around. Yeah. But do, do you yeah. think also what I see also is that because, you know, when you start the, the journey of an entrepreneur, of an entrepreneur starts with at the beginning, you know, you do everything by yourself and while the company grows, you know, you, you have to learn new, you have to learn new tasks, you have to learn new skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think also that one of the difficulties to let go, it's because you want to understand it, to be able to do it just in case <laughs> someone needs it? Well, I think that like one of the things that like if you're a leader in a company is that you've kind of got this unique position that you've got a sort of a top down view of everything that's going mm-hmm. on. Um, and perhaps you can see the business changing uh, quite a bit. And maybe that perspective, uh, maybe you see things that maybe another manager or leader in the company doesn't see and you feel like you have to kind of just get involved in it, you know. But I think one of the issues is that, you know, one of the things to address that is to actually just, rather than just keeping that information inside of you, it's like to share it with your leaders and say like, Uh, For example, um, you know, I'm working on a new marketing plan right now uh, with one of our consultants. And rather than me just sort of saying, well, you know, or not sharing that, like I I just write it down and I share, well, these are the these are the five things we're doing between now and the end of 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 September. And we're doing this because of, you know, to, to increase our pipeline, to close more deals, increase brand awareness. And then what you find is when you share that with your, your your management team, that they'll come back and go, well, actually, you know what, Rory, we should do this. We should get that person involved here. And I think, um, you know, information sharing within the group, I think, is is a, is a really important uh, job for leaders to keep that information flowing in the company and not to just keep it inside of you, is to share sure. it with other people. And I think when you do that, your staff, Will, will inevitably come back with solutions on their own. So that's a that's a really important thing to do. Yeah, because this is a way to empower them also. If you share, they can take ownership, take ownership of your vision and actually help you get, get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I think it really is about just empowering your staff and delegating and um, getting to, you know, and then, you know, eventually you might get to a point where they're they're not comfortable with what they've been delegated or they push back and say, I can't do it. But like, you know, you won't, you won't know that limit until they tell you. So mm. I think you need to just keep, you know, and again, like, you know, you know, knowing, you know, other entrepreneurs, like the best ones are the ones that just delegate really effectively. And uh, I always, you know, and it's going back to um, Jeff Bateman, Bezos, like his his thing, he used to, or his mantra is that he always says the, the 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 responsibility of an executive, a chief executive in any company, he felt anyway was to make three good decisions a day. He didn't say like answer, re- respond to three hundred emails, or attend five meetings, or travel across ten time zones. It was like to make three high quality decisions every day. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that is a really powerful thing. Like, but he's backed by, you know, huge amounts of cash and, and resources. So I guess he probably has that luxury to do that. But, you know, smaller growing businesses, they don't necessarily have that uh, ability early on, you know, when they grow and, you know, they're, they're operating effectively. Yes, you can hire and fire people, bring people in, set expectations, 
you know, it takes, I think it takes a critical mass before you can get there. But I think that is really, you know, it's like a, any great leader uh, of, a, of a country or, you know, um, you know, a great coach or something like that. Like they, it's all about decision-making, you know, so getting to that level five sort of leadership. Yeah. Well, you made a great decision this morning. You send mm-hmm. an email to high to high people, set up a, set up a budget, etc. One one hundred percent, yeah, yeah. No, no. I think um, you know, it, it, you know, effective delegation, you know, is 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 really is really important. And I think that, like, you know, the the bottleneck index is a, is a great way for people to understand that about themselves, like, and you know, uh, to give up that a certain amount of control. Um, so it's about taking a bit of risk there, and you know. And just empowering people, as you said. Cool. I'm I'm really happy to to hear that you have you have you know discovering about about your yeah. bottlenecks, <laughs> yeah. maybe hidden bottlenecks and moving and moving forward. Yeah. This is really really great. I mean that that letter you wrote this morning. I'm pretty sure it's got that email. Sorry, you wrote this morning. I'm pretty sure it's just going to help you a lot. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, but don't forget also to I would say to empower people or delegate decision-making because this is something I see a lot is that you hire staff, you delegate mm-hmm. responsibilities, but then you forgot to delegate decision-making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you end up doing all the decisions to take, to make all the decisions yourself <laughs> and you end up being the bottleneck again. And so 100%, uh, that's really- yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. People need to learn from their mistakes and, um, I think you can nudge people, you can sort of like, you know, give a perspective if they ask for it. But like, um, you know, I think uh, decision making is really important. And, you know, I, and I think a lot of, you know, people are not necessarily comfortable with decision making as well. Like, you know, they they it's a skill they need to learn and they need mm-hmm. to get comfortable with. And um, you need as, as, as a coach and a mentor, you need to be aware of that and say, well, actually, this person hasn't made decisions ever in their role and now and ask them to decide on you know what we should do and all this sort of stuff like i think it's a gradual uh, resilience that they need to build up and um you know that's part of their development yeah very very true Mm. all right let's let's switch gear a little bit and let's go back to uh to your business yeah navirium what's your big dream Oh, uh, well, I mean, the big dream for Navirum is, is just to, to grow, uh, is to become, you know, the leading, uh, financial services, um, partner, uh, uh, for Salesforce in, in North America. That's the goal. So we're like, uh, you know, sales, we're, we're heavily aligned with Salesforce and what we mm. do. So, um, you know, we're building deeper and deeper expertise in wealth management, banking and insurance in terms of building, sales marketing and customer service solutions for 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 these companies so you know we want to become a leader uh, in that space in the next five years um and and to grow internationally as well like beyond north america like we, we already have uh people on the ground in europe and you know we have customers there we've got some in asia but um you know we're it, it takes time to build up these companies and you know i, I you know, I think I think for me, there's it's about growing the right way as well, and getting your offering right, your operations right, your team right. So, um, you know, so so to grow the company into a recognised brand uh, here in Canada and beyond, um, and to see where that see where that journey takes us. You know, uh, that's that's really the goal. It's like um, you know, there's a long term you know plan for the company. You know, you know, so that's 
need to just stick with that uh, process of getting better every day and um you know and, and really focusing on our customers i think is a really big thing somebody asked me mm-hmm. like like what's really important and for us it's to make our customers successful and to mm-hmm. act in their best interests and to advise them and um, make sure that they are getting value from the systems that we set up for them um, mm-hmm. so that's that's the medium to, to long-term goal and what's what's your biggest challenge moving moving forward to achieve that goal well, I think for sure, like scale is 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 the, the the big challenge, and coming up with a way of working that um, uh, operationally costs us less as we take on more projects is mm-hmm. a big thing. So scale is is is, is a is a challenge. Um, uh, finding attracting talent uh, to a smaller company as well is is a big challenge. Um, and um you know i'd say those those probably i'd say scaling the business and attracting talent would be you know two uh key battlegrounds for us but i think you talk to any small to medium sized business and they'll probably tell you the same thing you know uh, certainly the war for talent is is real and you're competing against the accentures the deloites of the world um they're paying a lot more money they're offering you know uh, more benefits and you know that sort of thing so you know we have to sort of like uh you know find people who are you know willing to who want to grow with the company and learn yeah. and get them get on board for that journey um so that's something we're, we're focused on every day yeah and people who are, who are you know also happy to take more responsibilities maybe responsibility yeah. they wouldn't have been in a corporate world for less money <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well yeah well 100 like i think as a smaller business like one of the things that we really try to do with our staff is to really give them flexibility in terms of their work and mm. create space for them to learn we give them a lot of exposure to to many different projects and we're really f- heavily focused on sharing information within the team as well so we want everyone to learn from each other and to grow and I think as a smaller company, that's definitely a big uh, edge that we have over bigger organizations is is to like one of my staff, uh, she, you know, has children and she, you know, she she wants to start early in the morning and finish early in the afternoon so she can mm-hmm. be with her kids, uh, that sort of stuff. So, you know, I love helping, you know, staff like that who want to just have that flexibility and, um, you know, and work from home and uh, you know, and and also create space to grow and learn and um, stuff like that as well. So, you know, I, I think um, that's that's a that's a, a key advantage that we have. But you know, it's 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 always a challenge. You know, it's always a challenge. Yeah, of course, of course. But I wish you good luck in in your journey. I hope you will mm. achieve your your objective. Thank you. Uh, but I I, I I want to know a little bit more about about you and you know. How has entrepreneurship transformed you? What, what have you learned about yourself? What have I learned about myself? Um, I, th- I think that like um, being an entrepreneur is a good fit for me. I think that like my wife always said to me, like this is, you know, probably something that you'll be good at. You know, she mm-hmm. sort of just kind of knew the, the my sort of nature and stuff like that. Um, um, so in terms of like, I mean, in terms of what I've learned about myself, like, I don't know, I'm not really 
used to kind of talking about myself in those terms, but I think like myself, like I'm adaptive. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to sort of change constantly and evolve myself to the situation that we're in and keeping an open mind, I think is something that I, I a pro, pro quality that I, I have and, uh, you know, willingness to adapt and, and learn and, and ask questions, I guess, are things that uh, I, I do a lot. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I'd like to think I'm I'm reasonably resilient as well. Like I think that like um, it's not easy being on your you know leading a company. Uh, you know, um, so you have to be willing to take the punches and, and and roll with it and get yourself out of bed every day and go back into the office with a smile on your face and do it all over again. And that doesn't suit everybody, you know. Um, but and you have to have the the drive to get up and do it again, over again, over again. And that's a that's a fire entrepreneurs yeah. have to have inside them. There's nobody going to be setting your alarm clock or there's nobody going to be telling you that you're, you know, it's, it's 11 o'clock on a Tuesday and you haven't even logged into your laptop yet. You have to have that inner drive to do it. And, um, you know, so I think that's something that, you know, that, that I, the drive and the, you know, uh, ability to adapt, I think are some of the key things. Um, and also, I just really, um, you know, I'm really interested in, in business in general and the impact it can have on people and their lives and stuff like that. So I think it maybe uh, it's over the past few years to sort of reinforce that understanding of myself. Mm. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, so those those are a couple of things there. Well, not bad. <laughs> you know, that self-accountability, we could do an episode on it because <laughs> it's another bottleneck. <laughs> But uh, I have like, you know, two more questions for you. First one, if you take all your experience mm -hmm. and summarize it into one practical recommendation for other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, what would it be? I think I actually was, somebody asked me a similar question to this a couple of days ago. I, I think one thing I would say is to focus on your customer's success from day one. And I think that like, we have grown a lot over the past few years, but I think one thing that I probably would have done more of early on was to pick out maybe five or 10 customers and just really focus on getting to know their business really well, wall to wall inside their companies, everyone individually, um, and really sort of use that as a sort of a flywheel to build out your products and services um rather than just taking on more customers and doing services for them and moving on i think that like there's there's nothing wrong with just capturing some of those key customers early on and just really getting to know them their businesses and really sort of thinking like okay this is a this hopefully is a as long as their business stays uh, up and running this is probably going to be at least a five-year relationship so mm -hmm. we're planning around that accordingly so we're in the B2B world and um, I think, uh, you know, if you're running a restaurant or, you know, or whether you're you know running a software company, I think that's something I would focus on earlier on um, uh, if I had to pick one thing. Strong recommendation. <laughs> I agree. And get cool. lots of help as well. Like I think a second thing would be just to reach out to other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, you know, buy them a coffee, go sit down and get their input. I think you'll just learn a huge amount from people who, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to find people who are exactly in your industry, but there might be a parallel industry or something that, 
you know, if you're, um, you know, some something, you know, if you if you're running a small uh, law practice, for example, you're a corporate lawyer and you want to run your own. Well, maybe try and find like somebody who set up like an accounting firm or an audit mm-hmm. firm or something like that, who's done something similar or an IT consulting company and just sort of see the lessons learned from them. Like and sitting down with somebody for 15, 20 minutes, having a cup of coffee or a glass of beer or something like that is just a great way to get those insights. And, you, you know, uh, I think you'll, you'll, you'll learn a lot from those conversations, but I think there's no, still no substitute for doing it yourself. I think that no matter how many cups of coffee and, you know, aperitifs you have, you're, you still need to make mistakes yeah. and learn from them. And I think the hardest mistakes are the hardest things that happen in, in business are the ones you learn the most from. <laughs> I think, unfortunately, yeah. there's no way to, to to go through it than than to to do, to do that along the way. So, but yeah, your customers, your your partners, and and you know are two top things there. I'd recommend you. and listen to this podcast and listen to this podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is a great example. Like, I think you know, just to find uh, like uh, you know, a coaching podcast, something that can kind of help you get insights into yourself, into your management style, and. Um, that can be a really big eye opener and really help you and your team. So, you know, I'd highly recommend uh, you, you check out the bottleneck coach for that reason. I'm going to hire you as my PR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rory, one last question for you. How can mm-hmm. people contact you? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, anybody who um, wants to, uh, you know, reach out, just check check me out on LinkedIn. I think Rory, just search for Rory Galvin on LinkedIn. I should pop up. Uh, go to our website, navirum.com. My contact details are there as well. And you can also just drop me an email. It's rory at navirum.com. Be happy to help out any of your listeners if I can. Excellent. Thank you very much, Rory, for your time today. My pleasure. And thank you for listening. How much of a bottleneck in your business are you? Well, you might be facing bottlenecks you're not even aware of. So what I suggest is that you take the bottleneck index and find out your score now like Rory did. In the meantime, have fun and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.